Something to note, all myths have many versions and variations. For this episode, we've selected those we felt are the most dramatic and entertaining and supplemented them with additional research into Yoruba traditions. Our myths may not always be the version you're familiar with, but we hope you'll enjoy them. And be warned, today's episode contains graphic depictions of dismemberment. Please exercise caution for listeners under 13. Let the talking drum speak. Let the talking drum speak of Oba. Oba, the goddess. Oba, the river. Oba, the wife. This is Oba's legend, her journey of strife. She runs a fine household, fit for a king. Warrior Shango, the Oyo folk sing. O great Shango, who built his kingdom on a hill. O great Shango, who grows greater and greater still. And in Shango's household, which Oba kept clean, there were two other wives, two other queens. Oshun of the rivers, goddess of love, and Oya also of weather above. Three fierce goddesses sharing the same home, each with desires, with wants of their own. And there came a time when their needs were too large. They began to fight over who was in charge. Will Oba be drawn into the quarrel? like a lamb to the slaughter, or as the proverb says, from the well of envy, the fool drinks the water. Welcome to Mythology, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. Previously, we told the story of the warlike Orisha Shango the Thunder Hurler. Today's story takes place in the middle of this story, before Shango's downfall. But for this legend, we venture inside Shango's palace. There, we'll meet his three wives and learn how their conflict brought violence to Shango's home. Coming up, we'll see how melancholy can transform into resentment. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and 
more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Yoruba deity Shango is known both for his turbulent temper and his association with thunder and lightning. Such an intimidating god has an equally tempestuous household. His youngest wife is the goddess Oya. She's the Orisha of the skies and patron of the Niger River. And then there's his second wife, Oshun, the goddess of love and beauty and patron of the Oshun River in Nigeria. But he also has another wife, the most senior of his household, Oba. Like Oshun and Oya, Oba is a river goddess. Some even say she's the daughter of Yemaya, the Orisha who controls the surface of the sea and fresh waterways. Despite this lineage, Oba isn't necessarily as well known in the Orisha pantheon. While this may be the case, she is renowned for one particular story, a notorious tale of household tension told in fragments and whispers, spread like gossip on the lips of those who have heard it. From Haiti to Brazil, from Nigeria to Cuba, the story has changed, but they all know Oba. And they know about the devious trick that threw the house of Shango into chaos. Oba stood in a spacious kitchen with two crackling hearths and the expansive evening sky above. Despite this openness, it had felt so confining lately. All she ever did anymore was cook. It hadn't always been like this. She used to have a partner, but lately her great husband Shango had been spending little time at the palace. When he was there, he was always with Oya, his third wife. Part of Oba understood. Oya could influence the weather just like Shango. They had fun together, creating little rainstorms and surprising the people of Oyo with booming thunder. But their fun left Oba stuck with all the chores, alone. The chicken's skin ripped under Oba's fingers, scattering drops of blood over the table. She held up her now sticky hands in exasperation. Olorun's mercy, not again. You used to be able to clean a chicken in your sleep. Before she could wash herself, she heard the telltale sound of another kitchen disaster. A cast iron pot hung above one of the hearths, and it was overflowing with boiling liquid. Not the jollof rice. Oba rushed over to the steaming pot and heaved it off the flames. She peered inside. The rice stared back, just the slightest reddish-brown from her spices. She sighed in relief. She'd just avoided burning their supper. Is dinner ready? (gasps) Oshun, if you're going to sneak up on me, you could at least offer to help cook. 
I help humans fall in love and create life in their very bodies. I don't have time to cook. But you're supposed to be helping here, too, with the cooking and the cleaning. The head wife only does the new wife's chores for seven days so they can get settled. It's been over a year since you crawled out of that river. Ogun and the Ife may not have had a palace to tidy, but it's past time you learned. You're always so serious. Don't you ever just drop your knives and pots and, I don't know, just dance? I used to, with Shango. We would dance every night. (laughs) Shango dance? Well, I would lead. (laughs) What an image. The uptight Oba and the brawny Shango doing the bata. (laughs) We used to do lots of things before you and Oya came. So there it is. Oba, first wife of King Shango, is threatened. I don't blame you. Three is a tough number. Someone is bound to get left out. You should be more worried than I. What does that mean? Oya keeps Shango warm in bed, satisfies his lust. I fill his stomach and satisfy his hunger. What do you do? I don't attach my accomplishments to Shango. I guide the lives and loves of the people of Oyo. With Shango's blessing? No, with my talent. Your problem is you think of Shango as a husband. You should remember he's a king, and maybe your king wouldn't appreciate how little you value him. That's... you... Stop twisting my words around! You're just upset that I do so much good in this city while you cook. Well, you can't eat love, Oshun. You're only here as long as Shango wants you to be. If he's going to get rid of anyone, it would be the wife that barely spends any time in the castle who cares more about humans than their king. Oba grabbed the rice pot and hauled it from the room before Oshun could reply. She made her way to the dining courtyard, passing through a window that looked over the city of Oyo. Miles of thatched roofs ended at a tall mud wall. The sun was perched on this wall, a slowly sinking orange fireball. She watched the fading daylight for a moment, allowing the conversation with Oshun to sink deeper into her heart. She felt a little guilty about being so cruel in the kitchen, but she would not apologize. The love goddess was so sensitive. Besides, there was some truth to what she'd said to Oshun. Things hadn't been the same between Oba and Shango since the other wives came. She told herself to stop being silly. She was Oba, first wife of King Shango. If she didn't like the way things were, she could change them. Tonight, she'd dance. The dining courtyard sat underneath a twinkling night sky. The space felt open and breezy, unlike the mood at the table. Oba and Oshun sat across from each other in stony silence. Oba usually tried to make conversation with Oshun, but tonight she was too annoyed to attempt it. So instead, she watched the dwindling steam over the jollof rice. Shango and Oya were late. (laughs) I'll catch you next time. I swear it. (laughs) Don't be foolish. No one catches the buffalo. You doubt your king? (laughs) Need I remind you what just happened? 
I told you to let me call the lightning to the tree. Your aim is always off. Everyone knows I'm power over precision. Well, your power just ruined Oyo's east wall. I am the king. If I want a wall taken down, it comes down. Ah, Oba, Oshun. Oya and Shango took their seats, and silence fell around the table as everyone dug in. Oba kept her eyes on Shango, noticing his gaze regularly dart to Oya between bites. She silently admonished herself. It was foolish to care so much about where Shango looked, but it used to be just Oba who held his attention. Lively music drifted through the night. There was a festival somewhere in the city. Oba imagined the multitudes of Oyo dancing, their heads tilted back with joy, their feet moving to the gorgeous melody. Her legs itched with a feeling of longing, so sudden, so powerful, they stood before her mind told them to. My king, should we dance? A uh, dance? Oba, it's been a long time. I didn't know you could dance, Oba. I'm sure Oya's dancing is a little less rigid than Oba's. Never mind. Maybe now is not the best time. Oh, Shun, that was cruel. Oh, was it? I'm sorry. I wasn't thinking. But Oshun was thinking. More than that, she was plotting. After dinner, Oshun walked outside the city to clear her head. She stood by the high mud walls of Oyo and gazed at the thick woods around the city. I am sick of Oba always acting so high and mighty, as if I'm just a silly girl. I am a wife of Shango, too. I didn't climb out of my river to be tucked down to. The sky above Oshun was a vivid midnight blue, scattered with glittering stars. It reminded Oshun of the darkness of her river. A dark anger came over her, trickling through her like water. Oba had said Oshun should be cast out, and Oshun loved it here. The more time she spent in Oyo, the more she needed its people. Their life, their death, their birth, the way they loved so completely and innocently. She couldn't survive without humans to guide. And why should she have to? Why should she be the one to leave? I think it's time Oba remembered she's not Shango's only wife anymore. Oshun was so deep in thought, she almost didn't notice a silhouette leaning against one of the walls, staring up at the night. Oya! You startled me. What are you doing sneaking around in the dark? Sorry, I'm about to go running. Oh, yes. (sighs) I wish I could turn into a buffalo and gallop off, too. I don't blame you. It's nice. I'm actually glad to catch you alone. Oba said that you have Shango's heart. She has his stomach. What do I have? Why do you need a piece of Shango to feel content? I guess I don't. (sighs) Oba's just getting under my skin. She looks down on me. You two and your bickering. Oba misses the life she used to have. You're willing to fight for the life you want, and me? (laughs) I avoid it all. How do you do that? I give Shango a piece of me. 
Just the smallest bit, but I save the rest for myself. You and Oba should do the same. A piece of you? What piece? But Oya just smiled. Oshun understood. It was a secret. One Oya would never tell. But Oshun didn't care. Hmm, a piece of me. <laughs> Oya, you've just given me the most delicious idea. When Oshun looked up, Oya was gone. In her place, a magnificent buffalo galloped through the night. Oshun watched Oya disappear into the dark. The night swallowed her so completely, it was as if she'd never been there at all. Oshun trembled, but not from the chill or the lonely night she now found herself in. She was excited because Shango's palace was about to get a shakeup. Coming up, Oshun plays a trick on Oba. The most urgent mysteries in the world are missing persons cases. The stakes are too high not to pursue every plausible possibility. And some implausible ones, too. I'm Sarah Turney, host of the new podcast, Disappearances. In 2020, after spending years searching for the truth, I used social media to help bring justice to my sister Alyssa's nearly two decades long disappearance. Now, every Thursday on Spotify, I'm exploring the many reasons people disappear and the impact their absences can have on those left behind. From child abductions and mystifying murders to those who took drastic measures to start over, each episode of Disappearances journeys through a different high-profile missing persons case, ripped from the headlines and ripe for explanation because no one just vanishes into thin air. The answers are out there, waiting to be found. Follow the Spotify original from ParCast Disappearances. Hear a new episode every Thursday, free and only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries, for some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, back to the story. Oshun was sick of Oba's condescending attitude, so instead of stewing in her resentment, she thought of a way to put the older of Shango's wives in her place. Oya, the youngest of them, had said she gave a little piece of herself to Shango, 
this gave Oshun the idea. Wouldn't it be delightful if she could convince Oba to do the same? At first, Oshun considered tricking Oba into divulging a salacious secret to Shango. But Oba was too boring to have any of those, so Oshun settled on a more literal interpretation of Oya's words. Oshun would trick Oba into feeding Shango her own flesh. She wouldn't let Oba actually mutilate herself. That would be cruel. Oshun could just make her consider it and then laugh at her desperation. Then Oba would realize that she was no better than Oshun. Oshun crept into the early morning woods. It was damp with dew and so quiet, it seemed as though all its creatures were sleeping. Oshun snatched a pigeon from a low branch. She held it in her hands a moment, feeling its panicked, beating heart beneath its soft feathers. With a quick twist, she snapped its neck. Then she pried open the bird's chest with her nails. A blossom of blood dripped onto the grass. Just what Oshun needed. Oba stood at her window and looked out at the dense forest surrounding the city. The wall obscured much of it, but the green, leafy tops of its trees were visible. The call of animals and birds screamed in the distance. She used to stand there with Shango and talk about the future of Oyo. At the time, he had just been spurned by the neighboring Ifei, who favored his brother Ogun as their king. Shango wouldn't admit how hurt he'd been to anyone but Oba. Now he told his secrets to another. She closed her eyes and listened to her own heart pound. The sound of laughter and thunder tore Oba from her thoughts. Oya and Shango were in the courtyard below. Oya raised her hands, causing the sky above to streak with lightning. Your sparks are far too small. Bigger is not always better. My lightning is more precise. What rubbish is that? Bigger is always better. Oba looked away. She'd never actually seen them together in such an intimate moment, and it hurt deeply. Oba was sullen as she prepared dinner that night. She was making an okra stew, and truthfully, she didn't care how it turned out. Cooking had lost its luster. She didn't even notice a silhouette slip into the room. It lingered in the doorway for just a moment, watching, waiting. And then it stepped into the firelight. It was Oshun with a blood-stained bandage wrapped around her head. (gasps) Oshun, you scared me. What happened to your head? Oh, I'd rather not say. Are you bleeding? It stings a little bit, but my heart is too full to feel much pain. What are you talking about? You've been telling me that I need to find my place here, 
So I decided my purpose is generosity. I wanted to give Shango a piece of me. <laughs> my ear. You cut off your ear? Olorun's mercy, you really did leave your head in the river. It's romantic. You were right. I haven't spent much time proving to my king that I want to be here. So I'm going to cook a special meal for him with my ear baked inside it so that a part of me could live inside, Shango. It's proof that I'm willing to sacrifice myself for this great city and for Shango. But I'm the one who cooks for Shango. I guess you'll have to share the kitchen tonight. Oba watched in horror as Oshun rummaged around. She'd wanted Oshun to help her in the kitchen, not take it over. Oya took her role as Shango's confidant and friend. Now Oshun wanted the only thing she had left. She grabbed a machete from the counter and brandished it at Oshun. Get out! Get out! Ah! Oba, careful with that blade! Ah! Oba reeled as Oshun hurried from the room. If what she said was true, Shango and Oshun would be entwined in a way that none of them were. He would literally consume a part of her, and then Oba would never get him back. She had to do something. Oshun thinks she's so clever trying to push me out. Oba stormed out of the kitchen. She was done letting Oshun play with her mind. It was time to talk to Shango and speak to him directly instead of wallowing. Shango had been distracted by Oya and wars and some squabble between him and his generals. If there was ever a time he needed Oba, it was now. Oba hurried to Shango's room and nearly ran into him as he was leaving. He was dressed from head to toe in red and white robes and appeared to be in a hurry. Oba, what are you doing here? I'm so glad I caught you. I've been wanting to talk. It's, it's not a good time. I've just put General Bonka in prison, and now I have to figure out what to do with him. It's a whole thing. Maybe I could help. We used to talk out strategy all the time, remember? Don't worry, Oya has already advised me. There is such a thing as too many cooks, I think. But speaking of, what's for dinner tonight? Okra stew. Delicious! I shall see you later then. Wait! Do you think about the way it used to be? When it was just you and me? Of course not. Our house has grown and flourished. You made me content, yes. But now I am three times more content. That should be obvious. I still think we could plan some time together. Just the two of us, like we used to. What extra time do you think I have? I am a king, I have three wives, a needy kingdom, and hundreds of other things to do. <sighs> Enough of this. Shango strode down the hallway onto his next task. Oba fought to hold back her tears until she was back in the kitchen. Her heart ached with the sting of rejection. Oba looked at the okra stew, still bubbling over the fire. She didn't know why, but she was thinking about Oshun's ear, the ear that was to be fed to Shango. 
Oba had said it was ridiculous. It was, of course. But what if an outrageous gesture was just what she needed? The moment the thought entered her mind, her heart raced. She could steal Oshun's plan, and she would do it better so that the only thing on Shango's busy mind would be Oba. Oba snatched the kitchen machete from the counter. She grabbed a hold of her ear and pulled it as far away from her head as possible. Oba slid the blade across the base of her ear before she could reconsider. Its sharp edge seared through her skin, back and forth. A spike of agony gave way to a violent, dull pain. Oba's pulse thundered as she stared at her severed ear, now sitting in the palm of her hand. She grabbed the chopping board as dizziness hit her. But her blood-covered hand was slick and she slipped. She caught herself and her breath. The stew bubbled loudly in the kettle as she stared at the ear. It was covered in blood, but the thickness and consistency reminded her a little bit of yam, and she knew how to cook yams. She slowly smiled. (sighs) Shango's looking forward to dinner. I'll make it one to remember. Coming up, Oba puts herself on the menu. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Now back to the story. Oba dropped her freshly severed ear in the stew, watching it sink between the okra and yam. Then she cleaned her face and tied a cloth around her wound. Her heart pounded from nerves or excitement she did not know. When Oshun announced that she intended to feed Shango her own flesh, Oba thought it was ludicrous. But now she understood it was the perfect solution to that incessant, lonely ache. This offering, a part of her to live inside Shango, could finally reconnect them. And she was going to beat Oshun to the punch. Oba set the food out on the table in the dining courtyard and quickly took her seat. She stared up at the night sky above, trying to calm her nerves. Even if Oshun fed Shango her ear as well, Oba's would prevail. It was Oba's cooking that Shango loved, and he'd go for hers over whatever Oshun tried to offer him. Oshun came in first, her bandage still on. Her jaw dropped when she saw Oba. Oba smirked at Oshun's shock. What did you do? What you tried to do. I beat you to it. Oba, I... You cut off your ear? As you can see, Oba can be bold too. (laughs) 
think you'd actually do it. <laughs> ah, you didn't think I had it in me? You have no idea what I can do. I really didn't. <laughs> Before Oba could retort further, Oya and Shango swept in. Oba stood, ignoring Oya's puzzled gaze as she took in Oba and Oshun's bandages. I didn't realize we were all wearing bandages tonight. Don't worry about it, Oya. Oba hurried to ladle the stew into a bowl, taking care to fish out her ear among the chunks of chicken and vegetables. She set it in front of Shango and stepped back. Ah, wonderful. It's been a day. I've been looking forward to this. I've made it extra special. A secret ingredient. You'll never guess what it is. Oshun, take your leave if you're going to disturb our dinner. I'm very sorry, Oba. Please allow me to stay. I'm not about to miss this. My king, please dig in. Thank you, Oba. Of course. I hope you enjoy it. It's a, it's a bit chewy. <clears throat> what an odd taste. Oba watched excitedly as Shango looked into his stew, puzzled. She could see her ear floating on its surface, a huge bite taken out of it. Its bottom half, lobe and all, were still intact amid the chunks of yam. Shango prodded it with his finger and fished it out, holding it up to see. Is that an ear? It's mine, Shango. A special offering. Since you are too busy to spend time together, I wanted to give you a piece of me to keep inside you. Oba darted a satisfied look at Oshun, but was alarmed to see the younger goddess smiling back at her. It didn't look like the face of someone who'd been tricked. Oba's stomach dropped and her hands shook. She looked to Shango, who was still staring at her ear in shock. The great king of Oyo was speechless. Dread crept in. This wasn't the reaction she'd hoped for, and Oshun's smug grin was making her more nervous by the minute. Finally, Oshun leaned forward. Great, Shango. I wonder, can you love a wife who's not whole? You aren't either. Of course I am. <laughs> I like my ears where they belong, on my head, not defiling my king's soup. Before Oba could respond, Oshun pulled her bandage off her head. Both her ears were there, perfectly intact. You tricked me! Oshun, did you tell Oba to cut off her ear? You're worse than issue! Silence! The table fell quiet. Shango slowly stood from the table, reached out, and tore the bandage from Oba's head. She winced in pain but stood her ground, watching Shango closely. She hoped that his ferocity was born of passion rather than anger. But her heart sank when his lip curled with disgust. He spat, trying to rid himself of the taste. Perhaps you think this is funny? Trick a king into eating his wife so all of Oyo can mock me? No, I was giving myself to you. And you, Oshun! 
think you can play with Oba like a toy? I'm sorry, Shango. I was just having some fun. A storm swirled above. The sky quickly turned murky, sending an icy wind swirling around the courtyard. Oba shivered, flinching as a spider web of lightning shot across the sky. Oshun, what have you done? What have you done? A bolt of lightning shot down, cracking the center of the table. Flames erupted on its surface. The three women jumped back. Oshun was the first to her feet. She sprinted out of the courtyard and into the city, heading towards the wall. Another bolt of lightning lit up the sky. Oba watched in horror as wind swirled around Shango in a tornado, sweeping the dinner off the table. Plates shattered against the walls. A bowl whipped through the air towards her head. She ducked just in time, but winced as the hot okra stew splashed onto her arm. A moment later, Oya grabbed Oba's hand and pulled her from the courtyard. We must get outside the city. He will calm faster without us here. All I wanted was for things to go back to how they were. Things change, Oba. That is the way of this world. So I should just forget the past? No, not forget. But you must also build a present that you can love. They arrived outside the city walls in time to hear Oshun scream. Oba saw Oshun by the woods. A huge, smoking crevice had opened in front of her. Another bolt of lightning hit a tree next to Oshun. Its branches burst into flames. Oshun was so startled, she leapt into the air, and all at once, her body transformed before Oba's eyes. What was once flesh and bone turned translucent until Oshun was no longer Oshun. She was a woman made entirely of water. Oshun's watery shape hovered in the air for mere moments before splashing to the ground in an immense roar. It expanded quickly, snaking around the landscape and into the forest, shoving trees aside and carving into the earth. The water kept churning and swaying before it slowly calmed to a gentle flow. It was a river. Oshun... She's gone. Not gone. Changed. The sky suddenly cleared above, and a faint breeze rustled through the scene. Shango strode up to them, waving his arms and looking suitably apologetic. I am sorry. I uh, overreacted. You think? I just do not have the time or patience for fighting. That's what the battlefield is for. My palace is supposed to be tranquil and sacred. Then maybe you should help keep the peace. I have a little thing called a kingdom to run. Where's Oshun? 
The river, you see, is Oshun. Oh. Oh, no. You scared her into transformation. It sounds like she was the one who overreacted. You should apologize. To all of us, but Oba first. <clears throat> Oba, forgive me. Your head looks fine without the ear. Let us move on. I'll get you a lovely headdress to wear over your disfigurement. No. Excuse me? I've felt you pulling away for a long time, and it made me immensely sad. But I learned to live with my melancholy until Oshun preyed upon it. I thought everything was fine. We used to dance, Shango. And then I moved into the background, resigning myself to the rule you assigned me. The ear is nothing. I have been giving myself away for far too long. I'm through. Before either Shango or Oya could respond, a hum rose from Oba's mouth. Her hips swayed and she began to dance. Her feet turned and pivoted, and soon they were moving so fluidly she seemed to float above the ground. Oba moved her hand over the wound on her head, where her ear used to be. The pressure of her palm made her feel whole again. She spun and wove, and as she wove, she cried. The tears streamed down her face. They started slow, but soon poured off her cheeks in sheets like rain. Her feet splashed in the puddle that formed around her, but she did not stop dancing or crying. Her hand stayed put on the spot where her ear had been. Her humming grew louder to drown out the sound of splashing water. The puddle became a stream, and her feet sank into the mud beneath it. The water rose around her, bouncing her body about in its current, and as the stream became a river, she felt her skin loosen. At first, she thought she was growing numb from the river's water, but when she looked down... She saw her legs were gone. They'd become the river itself. Her heart leapt in fear, but then she relaxed. She didn't feel like she was disappearing. She was flowing, an endless river always replenishing itself. She sank further, her stomach and chest melting into the water, joining her tears in the current. And then she disappeared into the froth of the river she'd created. Let the talking drum speak. Let the talking drum speak about the river, Oba. It flowed fast and true from that day onward, an estuary of tears. The river Oba runs straight into the river Oshun. Two opposing forces meeting in a cacophony of currents. It is said 
that these rivers beat against one another in perpetual argument. Because while Oba might have listened to Oshun when she had legs and a beating heart, the river Oba is not so easily fooled. She braces herself and changes in her entirety. A Yoruba proverb says, you cannot sacrifice to Oba and Oshun at the same time. It refers to the battle between the two wives, the trickery that tore them apart and resulted in Oba parting with a piece of herself. Variations abound as to the details of the story. The order of the wives is frequently debated, and sometimes two of them are mistresses rather than spouses. In early Brazilian accounts, it is Oya who cut off her own ear, and Oba who tricked her into doing it. Sometimes it's Oshun who convinces Oba, and sometimes Oya who's the trickster. According to anthropologist and folklorist William Bascom, this discrepancy reflects the priorities of the people telling the story. Worshippers of Oshun are more likely to believe it's their goddess in the prominent role, while worshippers of Oya claim it's theirs. But most of the tales agree that it all begins with a jealous rift between the three goddesses and ends in an ear being removed. William Bascom goes on to note that the river Oba flowed past a village known as Iban. This, Bascom writes, was where Oba was born and where she ceased to be a woman and became a river Orisha. Like most Orisha tales, this story captures the strife and joy of being human. We've all felt envy, competitiveness, and for some of us, we've felt the horrible agony of watching a loved one grow distant. But Oba's story also contains a lesson, one that must be seared into our hearts, lest we make the same mistake she did. Do not give yourself away to anyone. Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. We'll be back Tuesday with a new episode. You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. For more information on Oba, amongst the many sources we used, we found African Folk Tales in the New World by William Russell Bascom, extremely helpful to our research. If you enjoy mythology, you'll love my other podcast, Tales. Tales presents fairy tales the way they were originally told, orally and unadulterated. Traditional fairy tales aren't exactly suitable for children, and every Wednesday we dive into another dark, classic fable. We'll be back next week with another epic story. Mythology is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Brian Golub, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of Mythology was written by Kate Murdoch, with writing assistance by Robert Teamstra and Andrew Kelleher, fact-checking by Bennett Logan, and research by Adriana Gomez. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Tiana Camacho, Julian Smith, and Rebecca Thomas. I'm Vanessa Richardson.
I'm Sarah Turney, host of the new Spotify original from Parcast, Disappearances. Every Thursday, join me for an exploration into history's most gripping missing persons cases. Following timelines, analyzing clues, and piecing together as many answers as possible to find the truth. From prison breaks and child abductions to second chances and even murder. We'll journey through the many reasons people disappear. Follow my new podcast, Disappearances, free and only on Spotify. Spotify.